The reading this morning is by Tom White, who wrote a poem which I feel encapsulates humanism. I'll let the poem speak for itself. It's called A Fellow Man. I have no prayers or charms of faith. If God there be, he'll know my weight. If God be naught, I'll still be good and practice just justice as I still do good. We should not seek reward to do what decency expects us to. Should heaven be a kingly, kingly court, I'll go elsewhere to prove my worth. Don't get me wrong, I've sought belief, but lust for faith brought no relief. Mere logic leaves me where I stand. I am not blessed, nor am I damned. I seek to do what good I can. I am your friend, a fellow man. I've been attending this church for over 11 years and I've heard sermons on a wide range of subjects, but never one about the humanistic view of the world. So that is what I'm going to talk about this morning because it sums up my current outlook on the world. Until writing this sermon, I had no idea humanism is referred to directly as one of the Unitarian Universalist sources that we draw upon. The following is a direct quote taken from one of the UU sources. Humanist teachings which counsel us to heed the guidance of reason and the results of science and warn us against idolatries of the mind and spirit. Earlier in the year, a poll was conducted asking members and friends which subjects they would like to hear more about from the pulpit. One request was to hear more about humanism. In the same poll, congregants were asked which religion they feel most in tune with. The most popular answer was humanism, narrowly ahead of Christianity. So totally by ch chance, I'm killing two birds with one stone. Upon stumbling upon Unitarian Universalism, I vowed that I never wanted to be involved with any type of religion. I, I concluded that all religions are man-made, and though they can produce a very positive force in the world with their good works, these same positive forces can be achieved just as easily without people with any religious faith at all. My conclusion on the conventional definition of the word religion is that throughout history, it has been one of the main causes that pit man against man and is often the root cause of division, hatred, terrorism and war. I was brought up by parents very active in the Protestant Anglican faith. To illustrate this, in 1953, they left their lives in a small town behind them and got on a ship bound for Ghana, West Africa, 
so that Dad could teach math in a boys' school there. The program was a Christian organization, but his role wasn't primary as a missionary. He was there to install Christian values in the pupils. To make it even more daunting, they took my eldest sister, then only three months old with them. Fifty years after leaving Ghana, he fulfilled a lifelong wish to return so that he could see for himself how the country had progressed. My eldest sister sent an email to the school asking if they could have a look around the school. And as a result of that simple email, the old boy network kicked in and my father, mother and accompanying family were literally given the royal treatment. The president of Ghana at the time of their visit remembered my dad and arranged for a banquet to be held in his honor at the presidential office where dad gave a speech and much to the amusement of the rest of my family was even asked to inspect the troops. <laughs> Apparently my dad was only the European teacher ever to return after leaving the country. For my parents and the rest of my family, it put a lump in our throats to know of the lasting effect they had made. The reason I tell this story is that such work has been, and still is, carried out by many people without any type of religious faith at all. Back in England, I was duly sent to Sunday school where the RE program for middle-aged kids was called Pathfinders. I remember going on a week-long Pathfinder sports vacation where as well as the sports, there was a big dose of preaching and indoctrination to the point that I came away convinced I was saved and would commit the rest of my life to Jesus Christ. That feeling wasn't long-lasting, so my form of protest at having to go to Sunday school was just to sit there, not say a single word, didn't take long for the teachers to notice this, so they spoke to my parents and I no longer had to go. Yet, as the years went by, I always felt a pang of envy towards people who held a strong faith and felt that their religion was the most important thing in their lives. Some people in this room prefer to say they are spiritual rather than religious. I've certainly heard the same thing expressed by some of my non-church attending friends. In fact, it is something I used to say to myself, say myself. I used to say with conviction that I didn't need the four walls of a religious building to attempt to draw closer to the divine. I just needed to be in a quiet place of natural beauty, to wonder at the uniqueness of creation and all its mysteries. With considerable thought and deliberation, I've done an about-face and now describe myself as religious rather than spiritual. Religion to me means trying to live by a set of beliefs and a way of behaving in the world that has been devised by man and have no input from an out-of-worldly God or gods. Uh, 
this is obviously not the conventional definition of the word. To think of oneself as spiritual implies to me there is an external, invisible element involved in our lives and that there is an undefinable force at work in the world that works in mysterious and unexplainable ways. To me, I have the same skepticism towards that idea as I have towards someone believing in an invisible, omnipresent and omnipotent God. A common tenet within religions is that they attempt to answer life's unanswerable questions that very clearly have no definitive answers with the idea that you've just got to have faith. Well, in my view, I feel I know where the expression having blind faith comes from. It comes from not properly questioning and challenging religion and spirituality. I think that to describe oneself as spiritual rather than religious means that one rejects imposed religious beliefs and doctrine in favor of having a feeling that you have a unique relationship with some type of spiritual energy or force. I used to associate the words creed and doctrine as the very concepts that push me away from religion. I now view them as ideas that describe the way in which we can all try to aspire to, to lead loving and compassionate lives that leave the world in a better place than we found it. I've also heard that writing a sermon is a spiritual practice in itself. I beg to differ. To me, it has merely been a process of organizing my thought processes regarding religion and spirituality and adhering the label humanist to myself. In the worship survey I referred to earlier, I chose to classify my religious beliefs as humanism, atheism, with a splash of paganism thrown into the mix. So why do I come here? I come to join in the quest for truth and meaning in our lives. Not that I think I will ever find definitive answers, more the fact that it's rewarding in itself, attempting to find those answers with other inquisitive people. I come to nurture the friendships I have found here. I come to be part of a vibrant community that deeply cares about the world and the people in it. I've consciously decided to let the spiritual undertones expressed here to wash over me, but fully respect that many among us do feel some type of spiritual connection. At this point in my life, this does not apply to me. So if I'm not spiritual, why have I taken the effort to seek out a religious community where spirituality plays a big part? It's because I like having a structure to my religious quest and a safe place to explore the big questions of life. In a previous sermon, I said that all religions are man-made and consequently you don't have to be anybody special to launch a new one. 
I described the delights and wisdom of a religion I created myself called lunarism. My point was that anybody and everybody is qualified to form a new religion. If Brigham Young and other self-professed prophets have the audacity to think that they and they alone have a special line of communication with the Creator, then why can't I or you profess the same? In my view, humanism is definitely a bona fide religion whereby fallible humans use their own judgment to determine the path through life. Some humanists may not be comfortable with being tarred with a religious brush, but I'm totally au fait with it, as humanism is merely a set of beliefs and non-beliefs like any other established or fringe religion. So what do humanists believe? Humanists rely on their own intelligence and belief in the inherent goodness of humanity rather than seeking guidance from some mysterious unquantifiable force that no one has ever been able to prove exists. So yes, I'm all for reason, logic, science and our own innate wisdom when it comes to making life choices and the overall way we choose to spend our lives. Theologically, humanists are atheists. According to Wikipedia, and I quote, humanism cannot in any fair sense of the word apply to one who still believes in God as the source and creator of the universe. Humanism contends that instead of the gods creating the cosmos, human beings give rein to their own imagination and sensibilities when interacting with the world. Philosophically, humanists are naturalists. That is, they believe that nature is all that exists. The material world is all that exists. There is no God, no spiritual dimension, no afterlife. Carl Sagan said it best in the introduction to his Cosmos series, the universe is all that there is, or ever was, or ever will be. Humanists also believe in evolution, and that man, his body, his mind, and his soul were not supernaturally created, but are the products of evolution Humanists, then, can be defined as a religious worldview based on atheism, naturalism, evolution, and ethics. Similarly to Unitarian Universalism, humanistic ideas are often contentious and are often reached without a general consensus. Another commonality with Unitarian Universalism is that humanists think for themselves as individuals. There is no area of thought that is taboo 
to explore, to challenge, to question, or to doubt. Humanists feel free to inquire and then to disagree with any given claim. Humanists are unwilling to adopt a set of beliefs or values that doesn't convince them personally. They seek to take responsibility for our own decisions and actions, and this necessitates having control over them. Through this unshackled spirit of free inquiry, new knowledge and new ways of looking at ourselves and the world can emerge. Without it, we are left in ignorance and subsequently are unable to improve on our condition. Conventional religions, on the other hand, constrain free thinking with the shackles of their doctrine and creed. Humanists ground their ethical decisions and ideals with regard to human need and concern. They measure the value of a given choice by how it affects human life and in this we include our individual selves, our families, our society and the earth itself. In the final analysis, religions cannot avoid the built-in bias of human perspective. My version of humanism encourages lots of love, peace and hugs. It sounds corny but I believe if we all made a regular commitment to hug someone today, the world would be a more loving and joyful place to be. Some of you know I often say there is not enough hugging in the world, and I believe this simple gesture would go a long way in promoting loving relations between us. So even though I will continue to express my skepticism regarding spirituality, I know whatever my contrary beliefs are, I will find an accepting and welcoming community here that embraces all types of spiritual, religious and secular beliefs. None of us know the definitive answers to life's big questions, but it is definitely fulfilling knowing we are all here to learn from the wisdom of the timeless insights from the world's great religions and great secular thinkers. In conclusion, I hope I have outlined some of the main tenets of humanism and have explained the position I have arrived at after attending this church for all these years. It is an evolving view which may have changed again after another decade, but for here and now, this is what I believe. Thank you for listening to me, and may your God, if you have one, go with you. If we could stand as your fit and able, we're going to sing, We'll Build a Land, number hymn 121.